You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. CRM has been proven to limit sales reps' responsiveness, persistency, and cadence. It's a design flaw, and it's losing you deals. That is why today's sales leaders use sales engagement platforms like VanillaSoft. Check it out. Go to VanillaSoft.com and start your free trial. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am honored with my next guest. I can't believe this is the first time you've ever been on here. This is Pete Kazanji. <laughs> he needs no introduction. How are you doing today, sir? I'm awesome, especially <laughs> now that I'm hanging out with you and we got our audio sitch figured out. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, you have never seen the mess we had behind the scenes, but we got it together. And um, <laughs> I'm excited to dive in. I mean, if... If you've been sleeping under a rock in our community for the last five years and you don't know this man, now is your chance. He is the founder of both Atrium and Modern Sales Pros. Pete, give us a quick download. What is Atrium? How does it help people? What problems are you solving? What are you guys doing over there? Yeah, so I'm Pete Kazanji. I'm the founder of Modern Sales and Atrium. So Atrium makes advanced rep performance analytics software, so continuously monitored performance analytics software for SDRs, AEs, AMs, et cetera, et cetera, continuously monitoring key performance indicators and alerting management and operations to potential issues that, that they should be aware of. So it's, if you, manage, if you manage, imagine having an army of, uh, of sales operations analysts to do whatever it is that you needed for your sales operations team or your sales leadership team, Atrium is kind of like that army of robot sales operations analysts. So that's, that's Atrium, which obviously... Uh, aligns with my passion for operationally excellent and analytically excellent revenue acquisition and sales, which is related to modern sales, of course. Right? They're, of course. It's kind of like chocolate and peanut butter in, in that regard. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like an amazing solution. And if you know, I clicked on your Bravado link that you have, if you guys aren't familiar with Bravado, that's our friend uh-huh. Sahil Mansuri, who runs a a company that can help you to gather reviews on your actual work, which is very cool. And if you double click on Pete's, you know, the, the customers are loving, you know, Atrium and how you guys are helping. So, you know, bravo to you on that. So yeah, thanks. It's I mean it's it's good when you love what you work on because yeah. you're super pumped to to come to work every day and you're super pumped to to work on the problem that you're you're tackling. And it's really fun stuff because it's at the vanguard of our industry, essentially, because I I feel that we're all in this together insofar as we're advancing the science of sales. There's so much cool technology and innovation that's happening. And so it's just really exciting and fun, intellectually challenging and invigorating to be on the forefront of that, both from a product development standpoint at Atrium and also from a community development standpoint on the modern sales side. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I just, it's an exciting time to be involved in this. And, you know, to your point, there's a lot of technology involved and there's a lot of people trying to figure it out. 
And that, you know, transitioning to modern sales pros and the community that you've built, you know, they come on there and they, they want to learn, they get support from their peers. How did you, how did you come up with this concept? And, you know, how do you define the modern sales pros community if people aren't familiar with it? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the way to think about modern sales, the modern sales community, so modern sales pros is the nation's largest, probably the world's largest sales operations, sales leadership, and sales enablement community. It's it, The community exists for the purpose of accelerating peer education between you know, sales operations people, sales development leaders, sales leadership, and so on and so forth. And really what the officer, where it kind of came from was I started in 2015 and my previous company, Talentbin, which is a recruiting software company, had been acquired by Monster Worldwide. And I had been the founder of Talentbin and the initial sales manager, or sorry, initial sales rep. So I figured out the sales motion, then our first sales manager, and then essentially our VP of sales. When we were eventually acquired by Monster, we were around 20, the sales organization was around 20 people in size. And I just, you know, I wanted to spend more time with high quality, you know, thoughtful, creative, intelligent, modern sales leadership because, you know, I had, I transitioned from running my own really tight ship to being at the leading new product sales at Monster, which was kind of an old school sales organization, 600 plus sellers had been around for about 15 and 20 years. And so I just wanted a place where I could essentially hang out with my people. And, uh, and it turned out that all those other people wanted a place to hang out with their people. And <laughs> And so it started as just some offline events in San Francisco in 2015. We kind of iterated the format, added an online component. So there's both offline components, what we call salons, which are topic-centric roundtable discussion evenings that are focused on a specific topic area, like you know maybe it's outbound, or maybe it's ideal customer profile development, or maybe it's prospecting, or maybe it's you know, pipeline management or sales hiring or sales compens- compensation, but essentially the the meaty topics that we all just like bang our heads against the wall with on a day-to-day basis. And it just, it turns out that there are other people who are banging their heads against the wall on these very same topics or bang their head against the wall six months ago and then figured something out. And so they can maybe share the thing that they figured out with you. So you have to bang your head against the wall less. <laughs> And, and and so that's kind of like the, and that's why when we talk when we talk about peer education and accelerating learning and and what have you, that's really the crux of MSP is facilitating that in an offline component. Which now we do these we do those salons pretty much monthly in every major geography. So San Francisco, New York, Seattle, Boston, Austin, Chicago. We now do them in a dozen different cities. And then there's an online component as well, which is a community listserv where people you know, asynchronously ask questions and answer. And it's very high quality conversation focused on solving people's problems. And so it's, it's north of 10,000 people now. So it's essentially, you know, it's the, it is a, the, the white hot center of people who, you know, give a hoot about advancing sales and kind of like the, the practice of modern sales. And it's just like a really an amazing community and resource field. People love it. And we're just stoked to, that it's it's grown and, and and we've been able to, you know, make people so happy. Definitely. I mean, and it's so interesting. I have so many questions about this. So it seems like, you know, it's been able to galvanize a group of people that have broken out. I mean, it, it's like around the 
when Salesforce, you know, came on the scene and then there was all these technologies to enable people and all these new people coming into the sales profession. And it's very different than it was mm -hmm. it, it just, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. And it seems like, as you mentioned, it's this is now the kind of the white hot center of the next generation of sales professionals, it seems. Yeah, I think you really nailed the the anthropology, <laughs> like the history. I studied of, anthropology, and no, uh, I know a I, million I years ago. Yeah, no, I think you nailed kind of like the anthropology of like how we got to That's this funny. state where you know I, I think it's really about it's about data availability, it's about process orchestration, what have you, and I think that the advent of a shared database in the form of Salesforce right? Did a very good job of one, providing a place where sales organizations could store prospect information and kind of like the state of the prospect prospect to customer to, you know, from, from lead to close and, and then through renewal. And then by virtue of the fact that Salesforce thoughtfully exposed a development platform such that people could pick off use cases, whether it's, you know, a sales engagement Right from an outbounding standpoint, or you know, chat, or call recording, or CPQ, or fill in the blank. People, you know, clever entrepreneurs started peeling off these various use cases, and then being able to write or read data off of off of the CRM and then write data back into it in a way that allowed you know more orchestration and more leverage and and what have you. And so what that did was that created an opportunity for people to kind of piece together a thoughtful sales stack, if you will. And so what that, what that required was a bunch of nerds, right? Uh, and, and people who like Legos and they like, and they like sales Legos. And so I think that that's really what has facilitated the advent of like the rise of sales operations, revenue operations, and kind of like, you know, thoughtful sales leadership, because there's a, there's a positive, there's a positive feedback loop there where as you're able to, add more and more of these high leverage technologies into your into your sales motion one you need the humans who can do that right so it now precipitates a need for these sales nerds and then two by virtue of the fact that now there are more sales nerds well now more thought like entre creative entrepreneurs can instantiate more technologies that potentially peel off incremental use cases and so there's like a positive feedback loop there all of which generates more data and more that allows for more instrumentation which of course requires creates a need for a new muscle on the form on the side of sales management sales leadership and what have you to be more operationally analytic analytically excellent so then there's essentially just like a very positive feedback loop that's going on here and we're all kind of riding this wave together figuring it out as we as we go along but but i think that the key insight here is that sales is going from something that kind of was more of a you know, maybe more voodoo magic, maybe black magic, not super kind of clear what the repeatability was, maybe more of a black black art back back in the day to more scientific, more repeatable, more scalable, you know, more operationally excellent. And and I don't think that, that that trend is changing anytime soon. And so what that has created is a is an opportunity for people who are, you know, are thoughtful and analytical and, and sales nerdy to really get in the weeds 
there and, and have success. And that's like kind of what MSP is all about. And it's it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I picture like the you know salespeople like kind of out playing golf and like you know talking about you know, but it's changed so much, and you're right at the center of it. And it's it's also you know all these tools have created a tremendous amount of complexity um, yes. that people are trying to figure out, which drives interest in your community because they're coming on and they're trying to figure it out. But at the same time, you have a lot of people who are trying to reach your audience and, you know, they've got things to sell. And so you're very strict about, you know, not being able to hoodwink somebody that's in your community, at least in the online space, with a sales pitch because you're trying to keep it like, you know, very organic so that people feel comfortable going on there and getting help to solve these issues, it seems. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think anytime you have a anytime you have a place where people are talking about their problems and offering solutions, there are there are people who are going to have, you know, an economic incentive to solve those problems. And by the way, that's a good thing, right? Like sure. let's not let's not hate on sales because like the way that I I frame sales, I do a lot of speaking on on sales because I wrote a, a book on sales for founders. So I do a lot of you know education and speaking and writing on helping people who are not sales sales practitioners or sales leaders understand like how sales actually works and how what modern sales looks like. And one of the things I like to talk about is how you know sales is not about like you know selling snow to Eskimos or what have you and and essentially you know, like pushing pushing a solution on somebody who doesn't need it, but it's about identifying pain in the world and then proposing like fitting a solution that that creates value. To both parties to it, right? So that's a good thing in the world, right? So we don't necessarily want to, you know, we don't want to miss that point. But in the online community, one of the things that we have a very strict prohibition against is self-promotion, just because, you know, there obviously there's a tragedy of the commons, moral hazard situation where salespeople, of course, are going to see see somebody talking about a pain point that's, you know, maybe 100% lines up with their solution. Or, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe like fifteen percent lines up with the solution, right? But of course, salespeople being salespeople are going to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take that fifty percent chance. And so we have a pretty hefty prohibition against that because what we want is peer education as opposed to, you know, shilling and and what have you. Now that being said, the best way, like the best solutions, do bubble up. And people are thoughtful in their conversation about how to solve various problems. And, and of course, there's lots of conversation about various vendors and solutions. It just isn't those those specific vendors talking their own game. Now, we actually do have a lot of vendors who bring their customer base into MSP in order to, to, to participate in that conversation. But at this point, we just have, you know, there's so many people in MSP that it, it is a reflection of like the state of the world. So when somebody asks about like knowledge management, right, people will talk about like guru and confluence and so on and so forth. And when people talk about like the best way of doing rep training and onboarding, people will talk about like, you know, call recording software like Gong and Chorus and Talk IQ and, you know, sales loft meeting intelligence and what have you. And it just reflects the state of the world. But But we have to prevent the individual practitioners, even though there's no sales reps that are allowed in the community, it's all sales operations, management, and leadership. You know, even a even a, a VP of sales, if not properly checked, will be like, yeah, yeah, like I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm gonna try to get after this. Are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? 
then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Start your free trial today. Go to VanillaSoft.com. Definitely. And and I feel like, you know, the value of the community is to be able to go on as as a operator and put out a question and get thoughtful answers from your peers that are directed to help you. And you don't feel like it's a feeding frenzy of, you know, piranhas like going after you when you go on there. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that this is the challenge. This is why a lot of online communities kind of deteriorate and and erode is because you there it is not sufficiently community managed and so you have that i think you see that a lot on like you know like the linkedin newsfeed is kind of like it's the white hot center of self-promotion and like mutual admiration and there isn't a ton of (laughs) and and like i think there is maybe maybe i'm just being cynical but no okay i just laugh because i'm guilty as charged i mean that's i I but that's what jab a lot more than I oh. write hook or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but you, you get my point. I mean, yeah. uh, by the way, that's what it's for, yeah. right? Like that's what it's for. And that's the culture there. And that's fine. Right. Whereas what MSP is for is it's about thoughtful Q and a and, and that's why like, and so we just have very, very specific community standards that are, that are community managed and, you know, people violate them, they get suspended or eventually they get they get tossed out of the community. And, and that way it preserves the the utility for everybody else. Because, you know, if, if somebody goes on there and asks a question about, you know, onboarding, like what's the best way to do SDR onboarding or what's the best way to do AE onboarding? And then all of a sudden they like get lit up by a bunch of like, you know, sales leadership from mind tickle on lessonly and learn core and saleshood and and you know a bunch of like learning management systems and they also get lit up by a bunch of call recording folks and and what have you well you know they're going to be loath to ask a question in the future they're going to be like well shoot man this isn't any fun i ask a question in you know in honest in all honesty and i get like totally lit up i'm i'm not i'm going to take my ball and go home Whereas what we want to have is like a safe space where people can ask questions in order to shorten their learning, their learning curve, and other people can help deliver answers to them around how they, how they themselves have solved it. And then, of course, everybody else in the community gets the benefit of that back and forth, because oftentimes people don't know the questions they ought to be asking. And so by virtue of this fact that they can be like a bug on the wall and see like, oh, okay, actually, that is interesting. I hadn't thought about maybe I should be thinking about AE onboarding, but now I'm seeing this back and forth between, you know, these, these 10 people talking about how they go about it. Great. Now I, now I am prepared, right? Even though I didn't think to proactively. And so like, that's the positive, that's the positive feedback loop that we want to, we want to foment more and more. And we have that. And definitely. And, and so how do you, how do you police it? I mean, is it a self-policed community where if some, somebody's violating the terms, like they send it to you, or do you actually have somebody on there who combs through all these messages and flags them? Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, so MSP now has, so conveniently we have a new general manager of, of modern sales, a gentleman named Richard Scrow. He's mm-hmm. super fantastic. He used to run sales at MParticle. Before that, he did sales engineering at MParticle in a company called Localytics, and he has a background as a product manager before that. So now he, he's responsible for running modern sales and the sister communities 
in customer success and for founders. So he and his team do most of the moderation. We actually, I mean, we've been growing quite a bit. Previously, our, our previous community operations manager was a gentleman named Dan Schmela, who is fantastic. He's actually going back into, he actually has a background in, in politics and campaign campaigns. He's actually going back to that for the 2020 uh, election, yeah. election cycle. But yeah, at this point, so Rich and his team, Richard and his team execute that moderation. We actually have three events managers and digital, digital marketers as well. So it is, it is like there are people who are, who are babysitting that. And of course, like, you know, people know that when there are community, community standards violations, they're supposed to share it with us. We get that, you know, maybe once or twice a month and we have to publicly toss somebody out the window and, and then everyone's like, Ooh, got it. Yeah. They actually mean business. But it, you know, otherwise it's pretty, it's pretty he- heavily self-policing because we have this nice, there's like a, you know, it's like a, a big snowball rolling downhill where people kind of see what the community standards are by how the community actually operates, right? You show up in the community and you're like, oh, okay, these are a bunch of very, there's thoughtful questions and answers being done here. And there's, there's very little, you know, silly business going on. I guess that's how I should behave as well. This is this feels comfortable, and so we, you know, on this podcast, we've got a lot of reps who listen, but there's also leadership and people that are in sales operations. So, how do they go about joining the community if if they qualify to the standards that you're setting? Yeah, so they can just go to modernsaleshq.com. There's an application form there. For the most part, we operate on on referral and nomination there but if folks meet the criteria nothing against sales reps you know sdrs are phenomenal account executives are phenomenal and you know i think that there are good places for them to hang out and kind of like learn online and good good knowledge resources like this podcast and of course like the the 10 bound conference and like all these wonderful things (laughs) Uh, what what we're really focused on is kind of like the the layer above that the people who are focused on tent, like building and tending the the sales machine so sales operations sales leadership and management and sales enablement yes definitely and just because it's top of mind for me we have a leadership track and a revops track at the sales development conference this year of course. so everybody's in everybody's invited it's august 23rd if you don't know that yet you haven't been paying attention okay so let me ask you this So there's some people that are on there that spend a lot of time answering questions. I mean, they must spend a couple hours every day just going through and answering questions. Why do you think that people go on there and spend time during the day to answer all these questions? Is it purely altruistic? Are they trying to get their name out there? Is it both of those? I I just don't get that. If you've got a day job, like how people are spending so much time answering all these questions. So I think, yeah, I I think that it seems that way because we actually have a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of people who will take like 30 minutes out once a week or once every other week to write a really good response and answer to a question that is posed. And so if you're, again, a fly on the wall and you're looking at this, you're like, wow, people spend a lot of time doing this. But the reality is, is that this is the power of having, you know, 10,000 people's eyes on these things. It's actually more yes. like you have, and certainly there are, you know, top contributors like, you know, Richard Harris is a great example of that, or Trish Bertuzzi, or 
you know, Jeremy Donovan from Sales Loft, or, you know, there's a, a number of other folks as well, Volney Spalding, Jim McPherson. There's a number of folks who are, you know, very proactive in sharing, but, you know, they're, they're doing it like once or twice a week. It's not like every day. And I think essentially what ends up happening is that you're seeing how powerful an aggregation of, of really thoughtful, not like really thoughtful practitioners can be if they're, if their attention is focused on helping share their expertise. So, I, so that's, that's the first thing is that I think it actually, it seems bigger than it is just because there's a lot of people. And then the second question is, okay, well, well then why do these folks do this? And I think the answer to that is that, you know, a lot of these, there is joy in sharing your expertise and demonstrating mastery. And then there is joy in being recognized for being a thoughtful you know, a thoughtful practitioner and kind of demonstrating that. And I think essentially what you kind of get is there's kind of two ways of of creating reputation or creating, you know, quote unquote thought leadership. One version of it is, you know, doing a iPhone selfie video where you're, you know, jumping up and down and talking about like closing the quarter strong or what have you. Um, yeah. Right. Or, you know, that lends itself to certain mediums and kind of to certain formats and it, it has its it has its own its own upsides and its own downsides. And then I think there's another way of doing doing that, which is to like you know to actually demonstrate expertise in a thoughtful way that creates kind of canonical knowledge. And I think that there's some people who are more excited about that. And for some folks, it's probably just like a personality thing, right? Like you know, some people are written word people, and some people like to like you know collect their thoughts, and other people you know like to be more performative. And that's fine. And I, so I think that the thing that, you know, makes MSP or that makes people excited to share their knowledge on MSP is that they can really flex and get recognized for, for their expertise in a way that is differentiable from all the kind of like other noise out there of quote unquote thought leadership. It's like, you actually see this where people are like, holy crap, that is an amazing write up right there. That person knows there's, even though they haven't been on stage at some some conference, you know, kind of sharing high level platitudes, that right there is a amazing recipe for, you know, data cleaning, you know, quarterly data cleaning. That is insane. And then, and then what ends up happening is those people get picked off from MSP to then be in those conferences. Get on stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, be in those conferences, be on podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, it's a great place for people to demonstrate knowledge and get recognized for it. This is so interesting because you have a very thoughtful and measured way of describing both sides of the community kind of that's out there, the MSP community, and then the kind of thought leader community, you know, that's not involved necessarily in MSP because people have really strong opinions, like, you know, people doing selfie videos and all that, like, but you're very measured. It was also the way that you described, like, Hey, the sales reps, we're, we're, everyone's trying to sell something. That's not, that's not your issue. It's just that you're creating this space where people can come on and get value. And, and then there's other ways to communicate. So I really like the way that you balance that because I always, I, I feel like if you just kind of look at debates online, that it's very black and white. Like you got to be in one camp or the other. But I feel like you're very nuanced in how you think about these things. Yeah, and I and I think in fairness, there's another side to this. If you think about this as like a knowledge marketplace, there's people who need the knowledge, there's people who have the knowledge, 
And then there's also, or sorry, people who have the problems and then people who have proposed solutions. And, and so a solution can be product-based or solution-based, and it can also just be like, you know, process-based or expertise-based. And so it's important to recognize that there are a bunch of really valuable vendors out there doing creative stuff, and we want their, we want their solutions to come to the fore. Now, one mechanism by which that happens is, is by people talking about those solutions saying, hey, this is how you do this is how you do data cleaning on a on an ongoing basis, or this is how you do like this is a thoughtful way of doing, you know, prospect loading and account and contact loading into your into your CRM. This is how to do it on a on a cadence basis. This is how to think about you know doing contact identification. By the way, here are these solutions that can help with the aggregation of that data. By the way, here are these solutions that can help with the upserting and the manipulation of that data. So you, you get a mix of the things, like here's the process, here are the solutions, here are the things you can buy, right? And then moreover, like one, this is why we ended up starting bringing sponsors into the conversation is because there's, when you have 10,000 sales operations, sales leadership, attention, like the attention of, of 10,000 budget holders, people are like, okay, I wanna get in front of these folks. And we want them to in a thoughtful fashion. And that's why, so we do have sponsors who are involved in our, our offline salons who essentially make, you know, make, make that possible because, you know, we have, at this point, we have four full-time employees who are working on, on executing these events. And it's, you know, it's 100, 150, 200 people in San Francisco or, or New York or Boston or Seattle or what have you. And they're being fed and we're flying those people to those places in order to orchestrate that. And so that like I think you have to be thoughtful and balanced and you have to recognize the fact that there are really good vendors out there who want to get their message in front of people. But we just want to do that in a way that's like thoughtful and aligned with and in like the, the topic at hand. And that's why for those for those events, when we do an event on say, like say the the topic area is onboarding like account executive onboarding oftentimes those would be sponsored by you know a call recording software or a knowledge management solution or sorry a learning management solution or or what have you because it very naturally aligns with the topic area right we're not trying to shove a round peg in a square hole yes yeah and and it's it's very well balanced in how you do that you know looking at it from a as a participant in the community. It never feels like something's being shoved in your face. So kudos on that. And and I'm thinking for your next book, you know, how to build a community. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of people interested in that beyond me, but it seems like, you know, this is a repeatable pattern that you could potentially teach other people because, you know, it's such a powerful philosophy of how to build a community in a way that's authentic, that helps people, and yet is commercially viable so that you can continue it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that there are the notion of kind of like community, community instantiation is definitely a repeatable thing. And I think you see it in other industries as well. And I think that, that there, people are starting to realize this more and more and more Obviously, the internet helps us with this by allowing us to pull together groups of people who are who are distant from each other in order to have asynchronous communication with each other. But I think that yes, the, the definitely people are recognizing this. It's almost kind of like a back to the future sort of thing, where obviously local communities were very important back in the day, and so I think there's a symbiosis happening here where you have 
you know, an offline implementation of community in the form of events and kind of opportunities for people to get together face to face. And there's an online component of that as as well. Yeah, the events are really interesting. We're running up against our time. This has been amazing. I've got to, we've got to get you back on. I was just going to say the live events are really interesting because it's usually you go to a meetup or something and you have some sliders and you have a few beers and you just like right. chat, chat with someone. But at your events, you actually have to, I'll say work. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you dig in. I don't want to scare people because they're freaking awesome. I mean, you walk out with a bunch of useful ideas, but you're, and you describe it though. You're at a seat with your peers. You throw out some questions. Everybody brainstorms. You come up with something. How did you format that live event structure? Yeah, I think you're, you're not wrong in calling it like work. Like It's fun work. There is yeah. beer. There, <laughs> that's right. There, that's right. There, there is. There yeah. is beer. There is wine. There is sushi or or fill in the blank. There is there is good food, but the point of the event is high octane, like high intensity peer education in a real time synchronous environment, right? And so there is a topic area for the evening, say it's you know, rep onboarding or pipeline management or what have you. And then what we do is we solicit questions ahead of time. And so usually there's you know, four or five questions of that people go through. People are paired together at tables or not paired, but they're grouped together at tables based on their size of sales organization, their average selling price. So you want like with like. So people are kind of talking the same language and people just they dig into those questions and we, we segment them up. People spend 10 minutes per question just so you don't get kind of mired in the weeds and then you move on to your the next one there's there's team leads who help kind of facilitate the conversation and then we keep things rolling and so people come at the net promotion scores on the events are extraordinarily high because they are well orchestrated and people come out of it and they're like wow that was kind of high intensity and maybe i'm like you know maybe i'm a little like intellectually taxed good thing we have happy hour after this but but they come out of it and they're like wow that was insane i met a, a ton of amazing people I pulled a bunch of things that I can, a bunch of tactical things that I can do tomorrow at my organization. Oh, and I shared some ideas too and got to feel really smart. And so everybody kind of comes out of it super stoked on their experience. And then that's how, I mean, this is kind of how the organization has gone from whatever, a few hundred people in early 2015 to 10,000 plus folks right now because people really enjoy it and they they refer their friends and they bring they bring their their colleagues along the next time and of course you know they pull people on to the online community because in between the events they still have questions <laughs> right and they sure. want they want they want answers even if it's on an online kind of asynchronous format as opposed to an offline face to face synchronous format Okay, and it's got a, it gets that momentum has just built. I mean, from one hundred to ten thousand over just less than five years, it's it's an amazing you know success story. One last question for you, Pete: the Google Group or whatever it is, you know, with the the way that it's formatted right now, that has been like that for the last couple of years. Are there any plans? This is kind of a loaded question, but are there any plans to make it into its own? like freestanding thing where it's a little bit more user-friendly or are you guys happy with the performance of the Google? Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because on the one hand, it's it's not, not the prettiest thing in the world. On the other hand, you know, salespeople live out of email. So it lends itself very well to question and answer there. I, I think that you know, moving it to purpose-made kind of community software may be something that we do 
you know, either this year or next year. I think that when we've gone and looked, what we've seen is that oftentimes when you have those communities, you just don't have the level of engagement that people are excited about because you have to go to some other place in order to kind of like see what's going on as opposed to the things that are happening in the community kind of coming to you, which is what people, you know, what people are really excited about is being able to be both a fly on the wall or like a get their questions answered. The way that you get your questions answered is people who could potentially answer them need to see your question. All <laughs> right. And then, and then choose to answer it. So if nobody sees your question, then nobody can answer it. And then you're not going to be too stoked as a question uh, asker. And then moreover, as like a fly on the wall, you can kind of see what's going on and kind of consume that in and just, you know, get a free sales MBA passively, you know, flowing through your inbox or into a specific folder that you've, that you've created for filtration. Yeah. And so I didn't really think of it that way. That's a really good point because we live in Google, you know, especially in our sort of tech bubble, we live in Google anyway, and it's, so it's sitting right there. And, you know, if you took it out to some other thing, then it would probably drop off quite a bit. And so I think my, my issue is with Google, actually, not necessarily with modern sales pros, because Google's got to figure out a way to make it, you know, more like user-friendly. It looks like it's from like, 1999, you know, when, you, when you're on there, but it's just me. But, and the, the other quick thing, folks, if, if you are thinking about joining, sign up for the daily digest of the email versus the individual one, because that's a mistake that I made. And I woke up the next day and I had 500 emails, <laughs> not 500. I mean, I probably had, you know, 20 or 30, but each time somebody would ask a question or respond, I would get an email. So you just do the daily digest. It comes every night, you know, around nine and it's just, it's fantastic. So, Pete, do we still have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Uh, Sorry. I was yeah. <laughs> going off on a tangent there. A little pro tip for the folks if they end up joining. This has been absolutely amazing. On a parting note, how do we get your book? Is the book actually published now or is it still as a online you know, resource that people can just request from you? Yes. I mean, the, so Founding Sales, the book I wrote on sales for founders is actually available online. You just go to foundingsales.com. I think it actually redirects to the, the Google Doc right now. It's, it's all edited and done. I just haven't gotten around to getting it packaged up into book format and on Amazon or what have you. But, you know, it doesn't really exist for the purpose of like enriching me. <laughs> it just, it exists, it, it exists for the purpose of, of helping to foreshorten and accelerate the learning curve for Founders who are interested in learning more about sales and need to figure out how to take their their product to market and other first-time sellers. So it's, it's just available online. Awesome. Okay. So that's an incredible resource, folks. I mean, I would highly recommend if you're you know starting a company or you're just needing a refresh on modern sales, we'll do that. We'll join Modern Sales Pros if you are qualified. And Pete, will connect with you on LinkedIn if, if that's a good way to keep in touch with you. Oh yeah, I'm I am the only I am the only Pete Kazanji on LinkedIn, so I'm super easy to find there. <laughs> okay. Well thanks again and thanks for being on the Sales Development Podcast, Pete. My pleasure. It's always great to hang out with you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum one hundred percent focused and dedicated to sales development, with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com. <laughs>